Section 336. Ready, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. Hey, Baltimoreans. We wanted to start this show in kind of a different note um, in light of the recent events related to the, the death of George Floyd, uh, the murder of George, George Floyd, and just the, the protests that have come from that. Um, and this is a very kind of weird uh, place, um, and it's kind of a scary place in our history. Go ahead, Josh. What, well, what you're, you're how, laughing. I'm laughing because how I'm trying to – we had a whole conversation about how, hey, we want to make sure we're serious, at least yeah. at the start of this, because we're also seeing, like, we're seeing people attacked online and all for – simple stuff and we'll get into all that and everything but we want to yeah. be careful but you start it with hello Baltimoreans. <laughs> how am yeah. i not supposed to laugh when you don't you don't start it with hey coconuts or hey uh birdland you go with Baltimoreans. well that's a way to connect me with the listener a little bit of a you know homely invitation inviting them into our podcast in a relatable term that us Baltimoreans would be familiar with <laughs> okay normally you would go with hey family if you want to invite them into your family I know, but we're or, kind of a joking kind of family who call I know, each other Baltimoreans. But Baltimoreans was an Orioles podcast at one point. And Baltimoreans yeah. is the podcast that would know how to have this conversation a lot more professionally than you and I. Yeah, and they would have this conversation even if it wasn't a news story or if it was just like a back page news story. Right. But this is a front page news story on every newspaper. I mean, this is, this is kind of Caption America. So even us, right, who try to avoid politics – like the plague, right. right? We are unable to avoid this, yeah. Um, and we want to address it full front before we start to, uh, to, to the show and, and and start our normal our normal shtick. Yeah, exactly. And it, we're not we're not saying like it's tough to talk or anything because we're not trying to avoid it, and we're not being like that politician who said, "I'm only here because I'm running for election." Uh, yeah, that's not it. It's that this is affecting everyone's life. So it's affecting yours and my lives. So we have to we want to talk about it. Yeah, we want to talk about it. I mean, we want to express um, our support for the the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, we, oh, I, we thought, all have... I thought you said you were going in a different direction with this. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Like you're not going to show support. No, I'm, I'm clear. We're being serious here. I won't make fun yeah. of you. Yes, we want to show our support. Yeah, and even even though I didn't tweet my support, like I did, like post a Facebook message about it because this is something. Um, I mean, this is something I, I cared about for a long time as a high school teacher of students of color. Like I've 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 thought a lot about and worked towards um, in education addressing some of these inequalities that that I perceive to be there and that I mean honestly just exist. And so it's it's good. Right, that I think that we're having this conversation about what white privilege is. Like, I think it's good to have this conversation. If you haven't thought about it before, um, like, I think it's important to have dialogue. And my fear is, and we've talked about this too, Josh, is that like maybe Twitter is not the best place to have a discussion and dialogue because it's the worst place. It's the worst place. It's the worst. And, and what a complicated situation like this calls for is like a good discussion about what it means to be white and what it means to be black and how we can how we can, can address some of these concerns that we're having. Having a conversation on Twitter would be like trying to have a conversation in the middle of one of these riots that's out of control. Yeah. And to try and to so see, all, yeah. all nuance is lost. Yes. Right. And that's the problem with Twitter. Right. Right. Is you can't. And if I was a, if I was a sports figure, if I was a celebrity on Twitter, I would immediately step away. Because no matter what you say online, someone's going to find a way to take it out of context or expand it beyond what you exactly mean, and it all it does is hurt you. Yeah. So that, I think that's part of the issue. Part of what's going on now is we're learning. We're learning how to have a conversation. Well, Maybe, I think I don't we're realizing know. that we don't know how to, right? Yeah. Isn't that what we're discovering, that we don't know how to have this conversation? I don't know. It's one of those things where we're trying to have a conversation about race. And, the, and yes, race is a – yes, the way blacks have been treated in this country is a problem. But no one's having the conversation about solutions. 
and no one's having the conversation about the root of the problem, which is a lot of hatred and selfishness and self-centeredness in our nation. And all of that is like, like that's what Twitter and social media is built on, like a social, like self-centeredness. I'm the most important thing in the world. And it's very interesting to see as this being, we thought the coronavirus was like a big deal and a big thing to watch and something big for this generation. And this is suddenly an even bigger mark when we're looking at our children and we're looking at the generation beneath you and I, the millennials that we had, that we always have fun making fun of and the really the generation below millennials that we still call millennials and how you handle this conversation after being raised your entire life on social media and in a world that's kind of softened and is different than what you and I did grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I fear because if you only get your information from social media, um, you're not going to get an accurate picture of how everyone feels in America, right? Like, like this is the one of the problems that I feel like we don't understand other people's perspectives well enough if all we're relying on is social media. Right. Like there's a lot of diverse perspectives out there. And I've seen a lot of, and, and I get this, where if you don't support the Black Lives Matter movement, unfollow me now and don't, like, I don't want, I don't want to friend you, unfriend me, unfollow me. Yes. You but, but like I would argue that's not the right response because I would argue now more than ever, like for people who don't, for whatever reason, like understand or recognize the importance of this Black Lives Matter movement. Like now is the moment to kind of engage in conversation about that. But it's tough because especially, and it's a weird situation, right? With COVID, all our kind of contacts now seem to be via text messages and social media. And if there's any situation that calls for kind of a thoughtful conversation, if you want to convince someone else, right? That I've never seen anyone convinced on Twitter. Like maybe it happens, but I've never seen that happen. Right. And, and so think, all you see on Twitter is outrage. And so I think this needs a, this warrants a, a larger conversation um, than even we can offer here. Yeah, it does. And it's the type of, it's, it's twofold. It's the coronavirus that has shut down schools and churches and colleges and workplaces. And that's where you would have this conversation growing up conversations true. like this. I would have in school uh, with, then you're because then it would be with my peers and with an older teacher who is at least can lead a conversation. And yeah. I had been part of and led many of these conversations in the church world. Um, yeah. And that's appropriate. I think we've also been groomed for this situation perfectly without realizing it because we have had for the past so many years, I'd say four, but even beyond that with politics, making everything black and white, and you're either with me or against me, that there's no room for gray area. When we all know that life is filled with gray area and you need to have those conversations. And because it's okay, I don't see a problem with saying black lives matter and also supporting police. There's a gray area. Not all cops are horrible people. Just like not all anything is all horrible or all bad. And we need to have that conversation. And it is impossible in today's world of social media and cancel culture and a media that is designed for that has spent years focused on how do we reach that generation. And the way they have done it is by going with the same tactics as social media of attack, yelling at each other and all or nothing on one side when there needs to be a constant conversation in life. Yeah. And even Josh, even in that statement you just made, yeah. I don't agree with hundred percent of the stuff of you course said. Not. And that's fine. Like I would, I would argue about that. There's some good cops and bad cops. Of course that's true. But I would argue now is the time that you have the conversation about like that conversation can take place later, later yes. happened before. Yes. But like now the concern it's, is um, a African-American man was, was murdered like right. without cause. Right. Um, and so I think that's, that's the important conversation. Well, and like, that's a conversation, Josh, that like the, like that, that he was murdered and he didn't deserve to die. Right. Everyone agrees with no matter what party you are. And that's and, what, yeah, 100%. And we had that 
we had that and we started that conversation right, and then <laughs> for, right for the first evening yes. and then it turned into not even about that anymore Yes. And, and that's then, like, the problem. Antifa and white supremacists. And, and before, before you know it, you don't know no. even what you're supposed to believe. Or no, it's like, yeah. Am I supposed to believe bricks are magically showing up downtown and, and Antifa's involved? Or am I supposed to believe that what Trump is personally gassing people or whatever but else John, is online? Yeah, it's even crazy. Without, without, even without, hyper, without hyperbole, I'll tell you a true story that's happened to yeah. me. I was, I've been following this stuff closely on social media. And I've been seeing, like, with disgust, some of the things that police officers have been doing to protesters, even without yes. being um, um, prompted or without being provoked, and just disgusted by it. I turned on yesterday Fox News, and for the first time ever, I realized, watching Fox News, that police officers have been injured and hurt during all these riots, too. Yes. I had no idea to, to turn Fox News. Fox I... News made no reference to any of the protesters being hurt. Right. So it's like Fox News is, is telling me police officers are hurt, which is important information. Right. Okay, fine. But Twitter is, is giving me important information, but they mention no information about the cops. It's like, well, it's, it's like, crazy. It's like the video that came out on late one night of a cop pulling his gun on a protester in New York. And the mayor came out and fired him first thing in the morning. And then like two hours later, the full video was posted online where you see the guy take a brick and smash it into his boss's head, and then the guy pulls the gun. So it's like, okay, let's get context, and we need full context, and it just shows what this world is not currently designed for. Our generation had even, it all started with our generation where we didn't have the patience to watch a full baseball game. So we would yeah. watch Sports Center, And now yeah. that's what everything in life has turned into. Yeah, and now with, with every protester also having a phone, it makes it kind of like if you can't turn away, um, and it's great because it brings into light a lot of things that the media wouldn't cover. Like I saw, uh, is it Justin Fenton? The, is he the guy for the Baltimore Sun? Yeah, he's, he's the guy for the Baltimore Sun. He, he said he was, he was furloughed, and he, and he was the only guy at the Baltimore protest. Like there was no other media there. Uh, yes. So that, but also then, kind of a scary place for him. But I, then I saw Baltimore media calling him out as like, no, we were there too. Oh, other people were there? Yeah. Okay. But it's just, um, and like with, with all that said, like we are, and like I, I feel like everyone has to acknowledge this, like our own biases, own perspective that we're coming from. Right. Being white males raised in suburbia. Um, and so we bring that perspective to where, where we don't know what it's like to live in the city. We don't like, we certainly don't know what it looks like to li live and uh, be black in the city. Yeah. And so um, we can sympathize, but it's hard to empathize. But right. We all, it, but what we do understand yeah. is that death is not good. Yes. And murder Especially, is horrible. And yes. murder, there's no place for murder in, in our society. We can all no. agree on, on that. But I think Especially at the same people time, people in power like police officers. Yes. yes. But I think at the same time, I can say that looting and destruction of, of stuff that doesn't belong to you is also horrible. And I can feel for all those people too. But I feel like that's where the conversation gets muddy because yes. the looting and everything has nothing to do with George uh, Floyd's death. Right. But that's somehow I can't say something about one thing without people attacking me using the other defense and it's no, let's have the whole conversation. Yeah. Which I, I don't think is, you're right. That's impossible because one side says we should focus on George Floyd's death. Uh, the death of a man is more impactful than looting. Right. And I would say, I agree. And then other people are saying this is not justified looting. And I would say, I agree. Right. And, I, and I think like, this is not even like a crazy conversation to have. Like this is a conversation that you can have in person, but I can see right. on Twitter where it's just black lives matter. All lives matters. And like, well, there's and, no nuance or discussion. And they've been mixed together. So it's like, we like, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I, like I said, murder's horrible. I support like all the Black Lives Matters protests, but there's something going on, and it's basically a whole different news story. That when when the sun goes down, it turns to looting and attacking, and uh, going after police, destroying property, and all this bad stuff that then has nothing to do with the death of a black man. And somehow all that stuff's getting done under the cover of the other, when really we need to, as a society, treat it as two different things. 
Yeah. And and somehow we can't do that. It's well, it's it, tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's the media. Maybe it's social media. I don't know. But you're right. This idea of being able to stay focused because this this country has a problem, and the solution is not like pass a new law. Like this is these are complicated problems that need yeah. like changes for people to have changes of mentality and changes of heart, not just like passing a law. So it's it's really challenging and it requires you kind of to stay focused on this issue. And we can't even do that. So All right. It's frustrating. All right. So I'm going to, again, we're, I want to be careful about this conversation because I'm yeah. seeing like Drew Brees get destroyed and the announcer get destroyed and all these people. And we'll get to that and have that conversation. But a question uh, for you, with the separation between the protest and the Luden, am I crazy that to say, yeah, we should be protesting all during the day, but let's go home during the curfews and like sticking out at the after curfews isn't helping the situation and isn't doing anything for Black Lives Matters. It's just making this other story that's distracting from it. Am I wrong for thinking people should go home at night? I don't know if you're wrong. I don't know. I mean, I, I think of the, what Martin Luther King um, the third said, right? Like it's the grandson of Martin Luther King Jr. who said um, that violence is the language uh, of the oppressed or violence is a language of people who, who, right. who cannot be heard any other way. And so I feel like at times when you're not being heard and you protest and like no one's hearing you and the same thing, because this police violence is not a news story. Um, it's, it's been rocking the African-American community for a long time. And so maybe you feel like you have another option, but but to to turn to violence, and maybe that right. means breaking a window or something. Maybe. So I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, Josh, I don't I know. I don't. I don't right. know. And I and that's and that's the other. I like that you brought that guy up because I've seen his grandson making these quotes and stuff. And my, as a white suburban guy, when I see that, my quote is, I I think okay, but you're not the expert. Your grandfather was. And it's like, right. to me, it's like the Orioles drafting Ryan Ripken. Because right. we'll give it a chance because it's, he's Cal, but we all know now after a few years, you're no Cal. Right. But, but you got to put up the f performance before we take you seriously. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that uh, again, I don't know how to have that conversation in today's world and online. You so instead, Josh, why, I am why quiet. I might you understand, Josh, why I might respect his opinion, though, a little more yes. than yours. Yeah. On this topic. No, I yeah. get it. Yeah, because he's a black guy. Yes, I get right. that. And you would hope that he, you would hope that a guy like ML you would hope Yes. Yeah. And and also you would hope that a guy like MLK would pass that down. That like that would be passed down generationally. Yeah. So you 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 would I would assume that that is a big deal and part of his family structure. But we also have a problem that's got to be talked about, about the fact that these cities that are having problems, like this isn't the first time they've had a problem. And we keep repeating the same things. I'm very proud that Baltimore was not burned down the past few days. Because yeah. it seems like maybe Baltimore learned a little bit five years ago when we went yeah. through this. And it was a little more personal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like there's no... I don't know. There's no real script for this, right? Like, I think even even um, I was reading like advice to protesters, and one of the, the major advices was like have a plan when you go into it. I think a lot of people just go in without a plan, and like you've been there, Josh. Like there is this mom mentality, the real thing, where you get caught up yes. in kind of the emotions of everybody and the emotions of everything, and and you get carried away with it. And again, whether it's with 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 I think often with good intentions, maybe it's not all, not everyone might, might not have great intentions there, but but yeah, and you mentioned, and we can talk about it now before we, and we are going to get into some baseball and talk. And it's also, the, oh. yeah, go ahead. It's also this weirdness as a white guy to try to examine yourself to see like where they say like every white, everyone's got racism in them. So to try yeah. to examine yourself when you don't, see it yourself and almost need it pointed out to you is a weird self-conversation that people should be having right now too yeah like like the whole term and i know this is kind of a loaded term but white privilege right which 
I know it's loaded and people get and, ah, well, because but, it, and that's probably because in this generation and internet generation, social media generation, it's a trigger word. We've, we've never had trigger words until the past few years. And the reason it's a trigger word is because we have decided that words are either good or bad. So yeah. white privilege is a bad word, even though if you really break it down, there's good and bad. It's a different word. It's yeah, a, but, it just means you grew up differently. And yeah. there is things we don't have to worry about because of that. Right. And that's not a bad thing. That's just kind of a statement of fact. And right. you're right, Josh. I think all of a sudden we associate with being bad, so we get defensive about it instead of just saying, okay, what does white privilege mean? Especially when you I mean, say, I'm not privileged. My life was normal. Yeah. Is how you, like a white person, will respond. Because right. privilege, we've also classified as a bad word. Right. And privilege means, yeah, pr privilege means something else than white privilege, right? Like privilege implies that you have no problems. And right. you've been handed everything. Right, right. And white privilege does not mean that at all. Like white privilege, you have a lot of problems. Yes. But it this just, is just means one... you don't deal with the problem of being black. Right, right. It, it removes one problem out of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think like if there's good to come out of this, and I hope there's good to come out of it, one is like to reexamine um, that term. Um, I know a lot of people like I posted on Facebook a list of books to read. I've read right. some of them. I haven't read all of them. But yeah, that's so the right it's... English teacher approach. Right. Yeah, I, and I was like, okay, yeah, you're a teacher. And you're right. In the classroom, like what I would be doing right now if I was in the classroom is we'd be sitting in a circle and we'd be talking about this. Right. And I'd be doing it in Queen Anne's County in the Eastern Shore and there would be a lot of divergent opinions. Right. <laughs> it, but, would, it, would, it, would, it would not be like social media where everyone's on the same page, it seems like. It well, would be a lot of divergent opinions and, and, and it would be kind of ugly. But we would have it in a kind of somewhat civilized way because and, you're in a situation. Yeah. And you're like, you said, you're in a situation designed for everyone to have different opinions and, yeah, you and those opinions to, to be heard. Yeah. Right. And that's yeah. how, and you always start those conversations with like, we want to listen to every opinion where we want to be respectful and all this. And like everything that you would do to set up those conversations does not happen online. Yeah. It's the opposite. If, it's you have my opinion or we're going to block you, mute you, shut you up. Yeah, and I can't listen. I can't fire a student. So if he right. says all lives matter, I might not agree with him, but I can't fire him. Like I have to, right. we have to engage right. in the conversation. Okay, like, what do you mean by that? Exactly. And then let's talk about that. Yeah, when you're in that room, you can ask that instead of just attack, 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 and yeah. and a million strangers. Like it's not like if he says all lives matter, you open up all the doors so every other student in the school can come and yell at him. Doesn't yeah. work that way. I mean, it's. I mean, and you mentioned Drew Brees. Let's talk about him for a second. Okay. I, I just, I just, I don't know how, I shouldn't talk about my classroom much, but like I've had situations where I've had students who didn't want to stand for, for, for the pledge, right? Right. And I, as a teacher, I fully support a student's right to not stand for the pledge. That's my take. Most teachers don't agree with that. My take is if a student does not want to stand, I do not force him to stand. Um, with that said, um, you had a situation with, with Drew Brees. Um, and knowing you, like, you know that about me, like I'm okay with people not standing for the pledge. Um, and that's kind of a big, a big deal in, in, in the, in the high school classroom, a kid not standing for the pledge. Um, but I'm okay with that. But Drew Brees came out today and said, like, he would not take a knee. He's going to respect the flag. Also Drew Brees, let's not forget this, was very active on Instagram, um, and social media supporting the Black Lives Matter movement and like voicing his support of the Black Lives Matter movement. So this is what you're talking about, Josh. Is it possible for someone to support the Black Lives Matter movement and also um, want to stand for the flag and not support taking a knee for the flag, right? Like this to me is an example of this kind of complex conversation, that dialogue that we need to be having that we're not having. Yes. Like Drew Brees, unable to both support on social media and take a knee for the flag. Therefore, he's whatever. And let's not forget take Drew Brees off of social media where he's donated over 33 million in the yeah. charity. A lot of that came out around hurricane Katrina in urban areas. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And the others have been urban areas and stuff. So yes. And, and I think not to go back to years ago when the whole Colin Kaepernick kneeling thing was going on. I think even then we were trying to have this conversation of it being, metal it being muddy and it being that 
does that disrespect the flag or is it for the, we on we know what it's about and why he's doing it but is it the right space to do when you're an employee and this and that we had a lot of those conversations about that where we kind of walked away and ended with some people are on one side some are on the other some players kneeled some players held hands some players did nothing and we had a society that where we were allowed to have multiple different viewpoints on that and we're talking five six years ago yeah maybe longer and but part of me josh thinks maybe there's poetic justice right because colin kaepernick took a knee and then couldn't get a job because of that i think directly related to that maybe you disagree with that I, and i disagree with that okay but 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 now you have but the the irony is right that now you have someone like um um, Drew Brees on the opposite end, who's he was like given the Colin Kaepernick treatment right. for saying he won't take a knee. So it's just kind of how we the pendulum has completely swung the other right. way. It's just kind of interesting, right? And we've seen, um, yeah, and I mean we've seen it when you would go to Oriole games and stuff. You'd see people who wouldn't stand or would turn their back, and which again, like I fully support your right to do that, right? But your um, right is right. We all have rights to do it or not right do it. Yes. And, and to like express that, not, not, not just to do it, but to express it, to express that you don't support America. So you're taking right. the, to like, express that you're patriotic. So you're, you're standing. And that's what makes America great is different viewpoints. It's what we were founded on. It's the, it's the same argument with like immigration and all this, like we're a, a big melting pot. And with that comes different ideas, different concepts, different beliefs. And that's yeah. healthy. As long as your stuff isn't, trampling and hurting someone else right and, and that's that, the thing right yeah and that's kind of what we're wrestling with now right because well right and that's the problem is we're, we're trying to have this conversation and we're trying to treat it like a pendulum swing where we want to swing it all the way one side because something happens and then we want to swing it the all the way the other way instead of it ebbs and flows and, and moves because yeah you go and look up all the facts and everything and the police have learned through all that, not through this yet, but every time we go through another one of these, the police are learning, they're getting more training, they're getting better, they're making adjustments. And you're always, for me, and you might again not agree, but I look at it and I'm like, okay, we learn, we learn again. We need to find a better way to get the bad cops out of the system. But there's lots of good cops. Before this, we would see good cops all the time that would pull over their squad car to get out and play basketball with the guys or help people cross the street. There's well, we, even we just to, these protests, right? There's been a lot of good stories about yes. good cops marching with protesters. Right. And, and we need and to have yeah, a lot of good stories. Yeah. Right. And we need to make sure that that stuff is getting as much of attention. And we would be in a even when this Corona stuff all started, uh, the guy from the office started that some good news show. And yeah, everyone started praising yeah. that because look, he's showing happy things and like life sucks right now and he's showing positive and happy things. And that's what we need. We need to be focused more on the positive and I'm all for change and let's talk about it and let's have time to change, but we don't need to attack each other while changing, while having, in order to have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's 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 a scary world out there now. Like I saw the Orioles tweeted out as connecting this to baseball as we'll transition eventually to Orioles talk. The Orioles tweeted out, you know, support of the Black Lives Matter movement and you know expressing the, the need for change. Yes. And the, and the first uh, the first comment I saw and the first quote comment, the first comment was, um, "Why did it take you so long to put this out?" Right. And the quote comment was. The Tampa Bay Rays did this better than you. You you should be more like the Tampa Bay Rays. And if I was like, okay, guys. If I was okay. the Orioles, I would have responded that and said, it took us so long to make sure the wording was absolutely perfect for when people like you would question us. Yeah. Because, because there's no win. Yeah. It's you like, have to. Yeah, there's like no win sometimes in these situations. Yeah. And then it really does. I feel a little bit bad. <laughs> Not really. But like the 49ers, like how do you authentically go on and like support this movement when you already got rid of Colin Kaepernick? And the Redskins, well, too, it's a bit awkward when your name's the Redskins and you're trying to support this movement. And that's like, the problem awkward. is the NFL has made statements, the NBA, and immediately people attack them of, well, you didn't let people kneel. Yeah, or even even like uh, like even Stephen Kerr, who is like, is like all about these progressive movements. 
and been the forefront, very thoughtful. Right. Um, you could argue that when they had their thing with China in the offseason, Stephen Kerr went silent. <laughs> and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of oppression going on in China. Yes. And the NBA, though, there's so much money tied in China that no one will speak out against China. What the general manager did, and he got crushed for it. So now no one ever speaks out against China when there's a lot. So, like, I feel like everyone has, like, no one's perfect here, right? And so it's hard to have this conversation with imperfect human beings talking to other imperfect human beings because it gets it gets messy real quick. But I mean, I think it's, I'm, I'm glad we're having this conversation. Uh, and I'm, that's, but, but that's my fear is are we having the conversation? When it's all on the internet and we're not going to school and we're not going to church, are we having that conversation? I hope so, Josh. I hope what everyone gets out of this is not just like I've had conversations with my wife. I've had conversations with my extended family. That's I'm true. You've got an interesting time right now because we haven't mentioned that your sound sucks right now, your mic, because you're on vacation. And you're yeah. on vacation with extended family, so you've got people to have that conversation with. Yes, I, we've talked about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm at the Outer Banks, rocking and Corolla. Right. I went out, Josh. Well, I'll save it for the regular show. Yeah, well, in a moment, we're going to play the music, and that'll be our transition. And uh, yeah. then we can try to not be so careful about what we're saying. Though we're being serious. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think little. it's a matter of being careful as no, being... Not flippant and being kind of thoughtful with this. Right, right. Because you and I are comfortable with each other to have this conversation. We want to be conscious of the stranger sitting in the room with us. Yeah, we've been, we've been disagreeing on things for however many years right. now. We'll, we'll take the other side just to argue. Right, yeah. yeah. If this was not going on the podcast, this, we would one of us would take the other side just to argue with each other. Right, and we could be sarcastic right. and stuff and, and get away with it because yeah. we know – both our hearts in the right place, and we agree on seventy-five percent of right. things. And we, yeah, yeah. and we yeah. know we just like to irritate each other. That's true. And we too. know that whenever the conversation's over, we'll forget about it and move on. And that took a while for our wives to get used to when joining our family. <laughs> they still haven't got used to it sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It still it still makes Mandy uncomfortable, but she understands that we can argue for two hours before dinner and still sit down and enjoy dinner together. Yeah, it's so, true. That's I how we grew up. Well, is it time to move on? Yeah, let's play the music. That's what the show started. Behind home plate, we bringing it to them all day. All day. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Bird Win or lose, we bringing it to you always. Always. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Orange or black, we rebuild the pack. No matter where we at, you know we coming back. Section 336, we on this, so tune in. Tune in. You know what's up? Welcome to Birdland. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Birdland. You know what's up? From section three, three, six. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section three, three, six. Next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Uh, hey, well, hey, how are you? What have you spent yeah. your past thirty minutes doing? Uh, it took me thirty minutes to introduce you. I know that's a new record. I know we got a new sponsor today, and you know who okay. you know who's going to like this sponsor. This lady. Every player, unless they're from the same, same household, has to bring their own tennis balls. Remember that guy, lady? Yeah. From a few weeks ago? So our new sponsor that you're going to hear us talk about for like the next month or so, and it's just in time for Father's Day, so it's Manscaped. Support today's episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Father's Day is just around the corner, and you probably need a gift for your hairy dad. Make your dad proud this year and get him yourself, get him and yourself the Manscaped Perfect Package. You know what they say, it's like father, father like son. So Manscaped, we're going to be talking about uh, and all that new different sponsor. This will be a fun sponsor, Matt, for us to start talking about since like mom texts us like a few days after we do every podcast. Yeah, and now, I don't feel comfortable with this, with this uh, at all. Okay, I was doing <laughs> like you read it all. Um, certainly, I don't know if I would feel comfortable. Do you feel comfortable uh, buying your father a Manscaped instrument? You know, uh, I always thought that this was a thing for millennials, Manscaped, yeah. and I would see their ads. Uh, they've sold like over a million of these units. Really? So I'm, I'm, uh, I don't think I would buy it for my dad, but I'm getting older now, and I did in the past six months buy a nose hair trimmer, an ear trimmer. 
Mm. And Manscaped has one called the Weed Whacker that looks a lot better than the random one I ordered off Amazon. Okay. So I will. Uh, I am curious about that one, and uh, yeah, we'll see about this. We'll see. I definitely think people should check it out. If you have this, okay. let us know. Yeah, like I for for the most send, part. Send, Matt, send pictures to Matt. No, don't send me any pictures. <laughs> I, I like I have I have very little experience with any instrument like the Manscaped. I usually like to let things run run wild. But I wonder. I do have a hairy situation, Josh, as you're so, well aware of. Yes. I, I have I have a hairy uh, part of my body that's not traditionally hairy, um, and so maybe perhaps I could address my hairy situation. You, you've got with you, you've got a birthmark. I have a birthmark that's well, very hairy. Okay. Yes, I got that. And when you say just a part of my body. Minds can wander. It's on my upper back. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's about a baseball size. Right. Well, that uh, is, size of, it, of a birthmark with hair on it. And, and I, so, yeah. Can I use the manscaper for that? Yeah. So I did some research and I started reading reviews and stuff because it's designed for below the belt, but it's for all parts of your body. So that a lot of people use it for hairy backs. Uh, some people use it not to shave their head, but around the ears and the neck and stuff. Okay. Which makes sense for me because I have had Mandy's been cutting my hair lately because yeah, you of, stragglers. Yeah. And, uh, those, and I know that the clippers I have for my hair currently like yank and pull my hair. And this stuff's yeah. designed to not do that. Uh, well, it better be. Yeah. It also has some skin guards so it doesn't like break your skin, which again, it's important. Better. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm very curious and we'll find out. They're sending us some stuff so we can catch up with yeah. the millennials. Yeah, I will try it on different parts of my body, and I will let the readers know. Yeah, and I saw uh, someone on Twitter today already like responded when I said, "Hey, these guys are coming on board with praising and how much they love the lawnmower three, which is the main thing, and then the weed whacker, which is uh, nose and hair trimmer." So you're going to hear us talking about this. Use the uh, you can get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Birdland over at Manscaped. Dot com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BIRDLAND. It's dad bod season, and it's time to get smooth. So also go ahead and on Twitter, let them know that thank them for sponsoring Section 336. So they're going to yeah. be coming on board with us and with Film Study as uh, like a trial for the next month to uh, see if you guys are good listeners. So help us out, Coconuts. All right. Fair, fair enough. I've um, never – I never – Wished Bert was on this back on this show more yeah. than when Manscaped signed up as a as a, as a uh, sponsor. Yeah, this is a classic Bert. Read. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, whenever he comes back on as our guest, whatever it is, once a month or whatever, he's doing all the Manscaped reads. I think on. you know what? I think we might need to send him a package, and get him a Father's Day present, and let him come on and uh, share his experience. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. So I'll, I'll uh, check on that. Yeah. Um, all right. Let let let's get to some baseball talk. All right. All right. So now that we've had a good uh, a good break, yeah, I, we can t have some fun and talk baseball. Yeah, I have some OBX Outer Banks comments, but I'm gonna even save them if we have time. Fine. But I mean, we're 38 minutes in. <laughs> yeah, let's but, get to some Outer talk Banks comments. On baseball talk. All right. Oh, is it and Corona then, comments? Is that where you're? Because we haven't talked to any Corona, thankfully. Well, I just I went to my first restaurant, and I want to talk about my experience. Okay. But. All right. um, but, but let's get to some baseball talk first. All right. So baseball's coming back? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So so last we talked, the uh, owners made their offer to like 82 games. With reduced salary and big time. Yeah. yeah. Not, not prorated right. per game. And that was our like, conversation last time was yeah. like you're making like 30%. Yeah. Now the players then this past Friday, Saturday, the players responded, which I'm sure everyone knows, was saying, hey, we want to play 114 games. Yes. And get because by playing the more games, teams will make more money. You can pay yeah, us we more. And we want to get paid for those 114 games. Right, right. So the owners came out and just said no and didn't really offer a new thing. Uh, they did. There was news right before this that the, that the players – that they all agree on uh, – there's a few things they all agree on, and they're close to agreeing on health, and they're nowhere near agreeing on money. They all agree on expanded playoffs, and they all yeah. agree on universal DH. Yeah. I think the issue with 
the money is tied to the games, right? Where the owners say, if you want to make, like the owners say, we're going to pay you 30%, let's say, of your regular salary. And the players are like, that's crap because we're playing half the game. So why would we get paid 30% for playing half the games? Right. And then the owners are just like, fine, we'll play 30% of the games. So I, I think the latest yes. uh, proposal we're looking at is playing like 50 some games, like playing well, and know, that's, over of the season. Well, another part of this conversation has been, well, the, the owners are being horrible people because they made an agreement back in March. And we all know that was back when we thought this was a two, three week thing. And then fans would be back in and all this. We didn't realize how big of a deal it was. Uh, and as part of that agreement, there's something in there where the owners can just force a 50 game season where they pay them the 30%. Yeah. So there's and talk it, that we'll at least get a 50 game season. Yeah. Josh, you said last week, if there wasn't a deal by this show, zero percent, I think. 0%. I said, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel now? Uh, or do we? How, how do, do we, we feel about the chances of a season taking place in baseball and Major League Baseball this year? Twenty uh, percent right now. Okay, you said it would be zero so, because okay. because I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this fifty game, uh, fifty game window thing. First, I learned about that was this past week. So that's where I'm like, okay, they'll at least work out fifty games. And if you're counting fifty games as a regular season, then okay, I think. Josh, what? What, 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 what do you think about that? Like, as a fan, what are your thoughts on a 50-game season? Um, I am okay with it. It sucks. A 50-game season would already be over now if it started regular time. So yeah, that looks sucks. Like it could start but, in like August. But yeah. I, I think the, the advantage of a 50-game season is it wouldn't screw up next year. And I think basketball is making a horrible mistake by how they're doing coming back where their season's going to go until November. And then doesn't basketball season start like November? <laughs> like when's basketball season normally start? They're running right up into it. Yeah. 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 About November. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's when your off season is no time. I think that can hurt a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have time to make off season moves. You can cause injuries, not be able to rehab from the season before. Would then cause more injuries down the road. I mean, so, I mean, the difference in NBA baseball, like there's a lot of differences, but one is like NBA can be played in any season because indoors. Baseball, you have a lot of outdoor stadiums. Yes, yes. The cold, but they're not. Yeah. But but do you really want the coronavirus to affect multiple seasons? Like, do you want to delay next season because of this season? When but how late? I mean, baseball season doesn't start till March, though. Right, and like that's how, what I'm how saying. How late would you have to go for, for it to affect? No, and I think year? I think baseball, you're okay. I think baseball, you have enough room. Basketball is where I was saying I think they may, they're making a mistake. Um, baseball, I get it, and, I, and you have enough room. And I, I hate – I don't understand the concept of baseball in November um, because you've got some northern teams that do not have domes. And I don't want – it's also There's this weird thing where – I mean, that doesn't that... – World Series come, sometimes run to November anyway. Like it's yeah, but it'll be like Game Sevens, like November first. It never goes really past that. Okay. It's it's and I'm fine with that. And oh, I don't know. I think baseball's different because I saw an article today about uh, hey sports fans, there's uh, without it was hey owners, there's no such thing as a home field advantage anymore without a crowd, and that's crap. There's a home field advantage. In every stadium in baseball, because oh, the, the grass media. is different, the the the, but you can expand it to you're staying at home and this and that yeah, where you're staying, right? So your I clubhouse, all of that, right? So I don't want to get to a postseason where the Cleveland Indians can't play their World Series games at home because of the weather. I that that's yeah. my fear of a November. I'm I'm confused with why we don't want November. I thought, and you're telling me because the weather. I thought it was also we're concerned about a because right now, Josh. Right. I don't want to say too much here, but the coronavirus we got we got riots, people standing close to each other. So you're we saying we got fog, we're all all madness break loose. We got the summer, which people said would reduce the impact of the virus. I every day I look at the Maryland numbers. My wife is you know highly yeah. impacted by it's the still virus. going down, right? 
every day. Yeah. Every day, hospitalizations is what I look at. How many right. people in the hospital? Hospitalizations and deaths. Every single day. Yep. As Ocean City fills up. In Maryland, the numbers go down every day. You're, you're talking um, my language. I'm in Florida. We've been open for a month now. Yeah. No one wears masks in Florida anymore. It, right. And but restaurants are open and everything. I thought the concern was when the weather gets cold again, October, November, they're concerned about the, the second wave yeah, of coronavirus. But I, but that's I, why we're wrapping up before the second wave hits. True. But I think Fauci also came out and said the second wave might not happen. It might right, not be a thing. So no one knows. Right. Yes. And I think, so you sure? But I would, I don't know. I kind of like the angle you're going with that maybe by November, they'll allow us to have fans in stadiums again. So we can have a World Series with fans. And it might be freezing know. cold. There's a lot of people um, standing next to each other at riots. And let's just see how this plays out. I'm not saying I, like, I, I, do you, do you see, that, right? well, yeah, because it's two ways. You either see the riots and you see Ocean City filling up and you say, oh, no, we're in trouble. Or you see the riots, you see Ocean City filling up, you see Florida back to normal and you say, oh, OK, we'll be fine. I see volunteers who have volunteered to be kind of case studies in this and that's what happened and that's and that's where i'm a few weeks ahead of you as in i was nervous at first when we opened up and now we're wide open and i don't even think about it anymore yeah um so i don't know but but i guess baseball wouldn't be judged there's no chance that we have fans this year is there i think i think there's a chance especially after the riots uh i mean because because people need a joke but it's true that at oral games, we could social distance even on a normal night because right. there's not all the fans in there. Right. But I think, I think we might get to a point where people get fed up and they start opening everything up. And then baseball, fan, baseball is finally like, okay, I guess we can have fans. Now, I, I guess looking Josh, at this. So, a quick comment about that, though, real quick. The, old, the only thing I would say to that is my, why hasn't other countries – we're ahead of America yeah. in dealing with coronavirus. And they're ahead of us in getting sports started again. Why are fans not going back in other countries? I think it's very weird because we don't know what's really going on in all these countries because it's all from media. Like South Korea baseball is back, but they never, I don't think they did a lockdown. They just did social distancing. Uh, yeah, it's super, whatever the tracing. Right, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so it's hard for me to say, well, they don't have fans when they're doing things differently. So I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't know. I would imagine other, because I just assume when other countries started getting fans, then maybe a couple weeks after that, we start yeah, having to come. Maybe. I think baseball, I think it's going to be tricky on when you allow. Like, I think everyone no one wants to be the experiment so i'm thinking well the good thing about these protests and riots is maybe we can point to that as the experiment because right in florida. right yeah. and yeah in florida and georgia because no one wants to be the experiment i saw michigan today's mayor and the ozarks yeah right <laughs> yeah the ozarks the michigan mayor today came out uh and announced like that i guess bars and stuff are able to open back up but no barber shops yet and people were complaining, and she said, "Well, Google how to get how to cut your own hair," and then and then uh, haircuttery people got upset because you're saying that you can find my job on Google and you don't need me. Um, so we're all no one knows how to handle this, and so maybe well, that's, that's funny. a good I was just reading an article. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> what direction were you going? No, we're done with that conversation. But okay. I was just reading an article how cosmetology takes you have to be in cosmetology school for longer than you have to be in police academy school. But that's a whole different conversation. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> back to our previous yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's something. Right. I'm on, not your going own, down that on your own time, go read that article. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, now you've distracted me. But it's also gonna be tricky because uh, of this whole home field advantage that every stadium is different. Like the NBA is talking about they're gonna play all their games over at the Worldwide of Sports in Orlando. Which makes sense because they've got all the room, they've got all the they've got all the basketball courts and arenas, and okay, they can put them all there and play, and it's cool. Uh, the big issue they're having is not enough high end scale, high end hotels for the players, as they're trying to figure that out. But baseball is different because you're in different states, 
you're in different types of stadiums. Some are indoor, some are outdoor. So will you, can you allow the fans in Florida, we're allowed to go to sporting events. So does that mean the Rays can have fans, but then the Yankees can't? Or can the Orioles and Yankees have fans because we're outside, but the Rays can't because they're closed in? Or the Orioles can because they can social distance, but the Yankees can't because their crowds are too big? Right. And whose decision is that? Right. Is that a governor's decision? Is that an owner decision? Is that an MLP decision? I think it's got to be. Well, right. Because technically it's handled by the governor or the mayor. I think it's I think it's handled by the mayor, but the mayor can override. But then the governor can override the mayor, and then but then Major League Baseball is going to have to make a decision and say follow your governor's rules or none at all. And I think they're going to have to say none at all in order to keep it fair. Because yeah. if they say uh, based on governors, and uh, Larry Hogan says, yeah, the Orioles can have fifty percent fans. And then uh, Como up in New York says, no, no fans at Yankee games yet. Then what's going to happen is all those Yankee fans are going to come to Baltimore just like they do anyway. So then you're doing this interstate travel that you don't want as well. And then you also have one place with a bunch of fans, one without. So it's weird, which, again, is not fair and takes away from home field advantage. Yeah. And so but my point, Josh, would be even before we get to fans conversation, like at this point, I would be okay with 50 games only because in my mind, I'm starting to grapple with no games. Yes. So you tell me 50 games, shoot, that's better than no games. I'm on board. Where a month ago, it would have been like, no, like I want 100 games. I, I, I totally agree. And that's, yeah, I, I don't care. I just want baseball back. And 50 games sounds wonderful right now um, because it's just, we just need baseball. I want baseball. I, there's a lot of people who miss like going to school, going to church and stuff. And I miss going to baseball games. Like, yeah, me too. like Camden Yards is where I go to and I'm at peace and can think and everything's right with the world. And I can, uh, put things into perspective. And it's, it's my, uh, little, um, sanctuary chapel. So yeah. I, I, I miss that. And I need baseball back. So that when I can't go to games like that, that I can at least turn on the TV and have that. And it's baseball is an important part of getting society back to normal. So I'm okay with 50 games. But it does, when you mention 50 games, what's the first thing everyone always says? I don't know. What is the first thing uh, that says? <laughs> the, the Nationals sucked at the beginning of the season. If you only played 50 games, they wouldn't win the World Series. I had never heard that, but okay. Yeah, you have. I, actually, I said that, but that's I'm the only person I've heard said oh, that. Oh, I've heard multiple. That is your classic Oriole fan. Your Oriole fan responds with, oh, well, the Nats wouldn't have won the World Series in 50 games. They sucked. Like, somehow that puts it into perspective that, oh, if it's only 50 games, the Orioles have a chance. Yeah, that's that's my view. Yeah, I think you argued that online. So I went because on. Because if the Nats, who won the World Series, won 19 games, here's my argument, then anything can happen in 50 games. Even the best team in All baseball right. – can be one of the worst teams in baseball for 50 games. All right. Anything can happen. So I looked at the AL East. Yeah. All right. I remember so, Seattle was off to a hot start too, I think. All right. So the, uh, I, I, in fact, I, I've got, I pulled all the numbers for all of baseball if we okay. only had 50 games. Okay. And there was probably an easier way to do this, but I went and looked at every team. And now it's just striking me that I probably could look at that date, uh, yeah. May 25th, and exactly. check the standings then. Instead, yes. I did all the math. Yeah. So the season ended – with the Yankees, Rays, Red Sox, Blue Jays, Orioles. After 50 games, the Yankees had 33 wins, the Rays had 31, the Red Sox had 27, the Blue Jays had 20, the Orioles had 15. Exact same order for the AL East. Fine. So then I moved to the AL Central. Okay. Uh, the Twins, Indians, White Sox, Royals, Tigers. The only change is the Royals and Tigers would swap. So you would have four and five swap. Okay. Would we let me ask you a question. How many how many wins did the the Royals have? Twelve. How many did we have? Fifteen. How many did the Tigers have? Nineteen. So what okay. the change, did we still have the second pick of the draft? That's yes, what I'm yes, saying. The at. Tigers and the Royals changed spots. Okay. Yeah, we still have the second pick. It doesn't affect our draft at all. So the Royals almost they could, they, they would have had if we had a fifty game season, they would have had back to back 
number one pick. Oh no, no, they would add number two picks, yeah. a, a number two pick, and then a number one pick. Right, yeah. right. Uh, in the AL West, there was a you would have the same exact thing: the Astros in first, Athletics second, Rangers third. The only flip would be the Angels and the Mariners would flip fourth and fifth, but only by one game. So you're really talking not much, not any change in the American League if you had 50 games. In the so then I went over to the Nationals. Yes, the Nats. And that we all know the story of the Nationals. Yes. So the NL East ended with the Braves in first, Nationals in second, Mets, Phillies, Mariners. Now that got more interesting because the Phillies, here's your Orioles magic. Yes. The Phillies ended the season 81 and 81, a perfect 500. But 50 games in on May 25th, their record was 29 and 21. That's the they were 2020 in, Orioles. They yeah. were in first place. There you go. So there is your hope. They would have had first place. Uh, Braves would have been second. No, Mets would have been second. Mets go, and then Braves would have been third. The Nats would have been fourth. And the Marlins fifth. So that is the magic that you're looking for is the Phillies. Now, by magic, I mean a team that started out hot and then collapsed into crap, complete garbage. Yeah, and that's okay with me because no. there's not going to be a second half of the season to collapse. Right. And, My, the, and then yeah, the, the Cubs were similar. The Cubs ended with 84 wins, but the, at the 50-game mark, they were 30 and 20, so the Cubs were the first in the NL Central. And the Cubs had the second best record in, in uh, the National League. So, but yeah, the Phillies going fourth to first over 50 games. That's what you hope for. And of course, this isn't very scientific because that season wasn't designed as a 50 game season. So it's going to be top heavy or I don't remember how baseball seasons do it. I feel like they're pretty heavy in division at the, at the top. Yeah. Uh, you just uh, and teams will play differently. if There's only 50 games. Yes. But my, my argument for the Orioles when uh, go, 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 go to the world series in 2020 is twofold. One in 50 games, anything can happen. That's the first point, like the Phillies or the Nats. My second point, though, is, um, and I don't know, they haven't, I don't think they've laid out details yet, but expanded playoffs, I assume games. means it means four teams, 14, ga- 14 teams, right? Four, and, that's half, half, the, half of baseball, and even so, better. The agreement and once you get is, into the dance, anything can happen, and they're going 14 teams for two years, which means you know how exactly. it goes when you, well, the agreement, the players are point, pushing for two years. Which seems to make a lot. Why would owners not want more teams in? So right. I feel like if you do one year, it's a trial. If you do two years, it's a, it means you're going to be doing it forever. Which again right. helps the Orioles in 2023 as well. Well, we don't need the help in 2023, but it'll help us between now and 2023. Right. Well, yeah. sure. Well, uh, when you're first, when you have the best record in the AL, you, you really don't need any help. So I don't think we need any help in 2023. Right. Right, when you're going to take, but still taking seven teams from the American League. But it's still a little, it's still a little frustrating to me, Josh. Back to our larger discussion, that the 50 game season. I think what people are talking about is like an August first start. It seems like we could be starting baseball a lot earlier than August first, right? Yeah. Well, the the or the man the owners were pushing for a July first start, and I think the. Players pushed for a June 30th start. Then how come I'm here on August 1st now? I think it's because they're saying, like, if we can't agree to get anything by June 30th, if we can't agree to get anything by July 1st, we can then that's agree the to get something by... Yeah, yeah, that's the very last day, I think, is what they're going with. Because, no, I've said on here many times, I need baseball on the 4th of July. Yeah. I got lots... Oh, I got, I got big 4th of July news. My What's house, that? I got a closing date on my house. Oh, yeah? The house that we've been building, we close on June 30th, which nice. means 4th of July weekend is when I get to move from this ha- uh, closet into a real office. Right, and hopefully watch some Orioles baseball. Right, so you're doing your, you were doing your uh, corona countdown <laughs> through your junk food. I am now Our counting down. And, yeah. and liquor, yeah. Yeah, I am now counting down podcast episodes left to do in this closet. Nice. Cause, yeah, because you were done the coronavirus count, uh, countdown a month ago when coronavirus ended in Florida. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my countdown is now 
three, maybe four, depending if we do Monday or Wednesday, more podcasts in this closet. I think it's four more podcasts. Nice. Nice. And hopefully some baseball then. Yeah, exactly. I need baseball. Hey, just a quick note, Josh, on the draft is next week. Yeah. Um, a lot of been talk that we're going to draft that kid, Martin. Yeah, we're going to do a live stream uh, conversation about the draft like Film Study did for the Ravens. Oh, you want to? I don't know. Should we? Let us know if know. you'd like to. I don't know. We're not like draft experts. Yeah, I would have to do some more research. Yeah. I do you know, know that I want Ace Lacey with the first pick. Not How about Martin. this? Yeah. What day, what day is it? Is I think it's like a Wednesday. A Wednesday evening? A Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Like evening though, right? Yeah, evening. Maybe we do a Zoom call for Coconuts. Anyone that wants to join us. And we just okay. hang out and watch the draft together. We did okay. that for day two with Film Study, and that worked well. Reach out if you want to do something like that with us. Yeah, it's a week from today, June 10th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll figure that out. So what were you saying about the draft? Oh, a lot of people are saying we're going to draft Martin out of Vanderbilt, uh, who who's like plays every position. People think he's going to end up as a center fielder or second baseman. Right, or um, third baseman or whatever, yeah. Yeah, they say he might be the best like all-around hitter right. for average. And yeah, stuff. he's a Ryan Flaherty. But good. I'm just saying that to mess with you. But like a guy who's a good baseball player. Yeah. Um, like imagine if Ryan Flaherty was good at baseball. But no, I, I want Asa Lacey, the left-handed pitcher. I'd rather have a left-handed starter with potential top-end start stuff than a middle infielder. So right. put me down on record right. that I'd rather have Asa Lacey. All right. All right, Andy. Andy McPhail. Buy, buy the bats, grow the arms. Grow the arms. Absolutely. Right. Right now we have... DL Hall and Grace Rodriguez. I want to add Ace Ace Lacy to that. All right. That, well, that, ex- uh, excuse me if I cavalry. excuse me if I feel feel a little burned about grow the arms and the cavalry. You still waiting for Brian Mattis well, and forget, Brad Ferguson forget, and Jake Arrieta? No, I was still waiting for cavalry 2.0 of uh, Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gall's man. Mm, being Chris, led by the Chris Tillman. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the pictures I'm still waiting to show up. Jake Arrieta. Yeah. So I guess he was cavalry 1.0. Yeah, I know. It's sad, right? This year is sad on a lot of levels. It's, it was going to be sad already because no Kevin Gossman, no Dylan Bundy in the rotation. Yeah, but then we got no baseball. So now, we'll take, we no baseball, now we're all so happy. Um, yeah. Have you been? Are you still playing the show? I haven't played in a while. I took at least three weeks off because I couldn't deal with playing a baseball game with, no, with there being no baseball. It was depressing. So I stopped playing it <laughs> because of that specific reason. So I played it this weekend. Yeah, it's more fun to play video games, sport video games, when that sport is happening. Right. I feel like I get more into it. And what bothered with football, me? With Madden and everything. It's hard to get into it when the sport's yeah. not actually happening. And what bothered me is they did a, uh, they did a uh, player update, and Trey Mancini was no longer on the Orioles. What? Really? Yeah, because he's not playing this season. Because he's, but he's on, yeah, but he's still on the team. Yeah, but they, he's not on the active roster, I guess. Really? Yeah. That's weird. They yeah. have like injured players. I think like, players who have Tommy John surgery are no longer are not on the team. Yeah, yeah. But if you did a franchise, he'd be on the team. I guess so. Maybe because I went on online. Play? Maybe because I did an online play. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it, it was he's like, not like oh. all the Orioles. He's just right. injured. Yeah, I guess so. I guess maybe maybe it was maybe I did like a online active rosters thing. Maybe yeah. that's probably I probably I did online play. You're right. Because every time I go on, I check to see if with the because they still update roster. I'm like, what are you updating? Like, no right. one, what do you keep checking Adley Rushman's stats? I check uh, Ryan Mountcastle and Adley Rushman, who he, they keep on screwing in their stats, and I also check if they add Grayson Rodriguez yet, which is still you haven't know, added Grayson Rodriguez. You know, in my franchise chise mode, I pulled Adley Rushman up immediately. And yeah. I pulled him up for the 2020 season. Uh, see, I always and, wait, wait for 2021. Yeah. And he is holding his own. So I think the Orioles might want to consider something. I'm sure he would hold his own. So I think 50-game season, I think you bring Adley Rushman up now. I know that nope. ruins you in six years, but I don't care. We need yeah. hope, and we, <laughs> we need it now. I mean, honestly – you could throw anyone out there for the Orioles at this point, and I would just you would just be happy to see baseball, True. right? Like it doesn't matter who's playing catcher. Just give me some baseball. I guess so. Yeah. Um, All right, re- ready to get out of here? Yeah, I was trying. To, yep. Next week, I'll tell you some restaurant about my experience at a restaurant. I, I went to a Denny's today. Okay, good. I yeah. went to uh, Craven down here in Lola. So, so we can 
Alright, boys and girls. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and write us over a five-star review on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes. Go ahead and uh, get your do your Manscaped thing. Yeah, Birdland. Make sure you use the code Birdland. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell your friends, too, about the show. Yeah, tell we, your friends. People have uh, fallen off a little because there's no sports. And anyway, this is a great episode to introduce people to Section 336. Yeah, maybe, maybe time to go back a couple episodes. You can follow me on Twitter at Section 336. You can follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Soroka. Where most of my tweets actually are just tweeting at everyone to stick to sports. That's what I do now. No, I, um, I, I, I see now if you say stick to sports, you get attacked for that also. I know. It's like I so tend to do it all the time, though. It's like I want to wear a mask in my car just because it makes everybody around me mad. <laughs> I, I want to just say stick to sports just to like, make everybody mad. But I resisted the urge. One day I'm going to go on a stick to sports bender and just tell everyone to stick to sports. I'm actually waiting for Josh to tweet something political so I can say stick to sports. I, do, I am very cautious. I do not tweet political. Yeah, you have some I don't, political retweets, but I didn't feel like I can't say stick to sports to a retweet. Yeah, I don't do much... I've even limit who I follow on Twitter because of politics. Because <laughs> yeah. like I don't want someone to click on someone and see, oh, Josh follows that person. Mm-hmm. That's for the paranoid. Now, I, 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 there's only a few people I do that on, and that's more yeah. the conspiracy side, <laughs> and that's more. It's not political. It's it's conspiracy, and I don't want you knowing that I'm tracking this conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. Don't follow options. But you did just name the episode. This is definitely a stick to sports <laughs> episode name. Yeah, we start off with 30 minutes of non-sports. You can also follow Josh on Twitter. At Josh Shroka. I think we already Thanks did that. To... No, I didn't me. I never did you. Okay. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. Hey guys, have you checked out 336 Daily? Did you know that sometimes, in fact, pretty often, I've been recording it in my car while driving to different job sites? That's how easy Anchor is to make podcasts. With Anchor, you can record your podcast and edit your podcast and upload your podcast all in the Anchor app, and then it makes sure it goes after iTunes and Spotify and wherever you need to put it. It, they take care of everything, distribution, they help you with advertising and getting in commercials. Check out the Anchor app. Go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com.